0: Big welcome to mister One Hundred One Hundred. That's Dr. Eric Plaska, who I am very, very excited to be talking to today. I've had an amazing run of talking to some extraordinary chiropractors, and Dr. Eric Plaska is no different. So a very big, warm welcome to the Power of Genetics podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Alan. This is a great opportunity to be with you. You're touching so many lives, reaching so many people, and uh, we're grateful for the opportunity to be with you.
0: Well, I would say back at you, and and that's why I invited you as a guest is for exactly that reason. You know what we absolutely love on the Power of Jennings podcast is impacting lives, and um, you are definitely doing that in a way that is really um, well. I just I love the way you communicate it. Love the way you, you you brand it, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about what that is. But I think if you don't mind. You know, uh, as I said to you before, we started recording, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum and we don't wake up in the morning being being so impactful. Uh, There's a lot of hard work and many years of learning. So if you are happy to share Eric, with our listeners, where did this all start for you?
1: Well, uh, it's a great question, and I and I appreciate the storytelling piece of this because I like you speaking all over the country, all over the world, and people don't remember anything except the stories. People, it's they're really important, and I really feel like I am living my destiny, which is why my passion. After thirty-seven years of practice, uh, chiropractic practice, never had more fun. uh, Just having a great time every day, changing so many lives. As you said, it's such an honor and a privilege to serve in this way. And, you know, I was a 15-year-old redheaded, Afro-headed football player with a lot of passion for playing football. And I got hurt on the field one day. They carried me off the field, took me to the greatest orthopedics of the day. And they, the guy looked at me, did some tests, looked at my mother, looked at me and said, take these drugs, don't play for 30 days. And I was like, what, that's it? And what I heard him say was drugs equal, don't play. It's not what he said. He said, just take these drugs and play for 30 days. But in my mind, I was like, wow, drugs equal, don't play. That's it. I'm not doing that. I'm not filling that prescription. They were opioid derivatives. Thank God that I didn't, right? Oh gosh, thank God you didn't. Yeah. And I said to my mother, I said, mom, listen, we need to do anything. I'll do anything. And Mm. she said, well, let's go try Dr. Landy, the chiropractor down Mm. the road here. So that next day I went to Dr. Landy, Uh, he gave me an adjustment. and I played that afternoon without any pain. And in that moment, I knew I was going to be a chiropractor. And I do think that's true. Yeah, and I do think that's true for a lot of holistic providers, a lot of chiropractors, because we have stories that are outside of the norm of what everybody else is doing. We love swimming upstream because we don't like the direction of the stream. It's harming so many people. And then when I got to uh, Life University, Life Chiropractic College at the time, now Life University, something happened there to me, for me, because it was a a crazy time in history. It was 1982 to 1985. It was one year I graduated the year of, or just before the act passed that gave, uh, that removed liability from the pharmaceutical companies for vaccines. So it turned out that Atlanta was a hotbed of intense debate, protests, of all kinds of things that were going on. This is 1982 to 1985. And I was like, you know, I think I want to have kids one day. I want to learn about this stuff. And, you know, I'm like, but I really just want to help football players. That's really why I came here. And then I really started to study intently the importance of the nervous system through every phase of life, not just in healing, but in human performance, in children, in personal development in child development, and literally through every phase of life, the essential nature of the nervous system, we just started attracting amazing, just passionate, committed, ordinary people, literally like you and I, who had been through so much stuff, similar, worse than I had went through with my injury. I mean, uh, you know, just just horrible traumas, Uh, um, iatrogenic injuries and diseases and sicknesses and people were i wasn't treating any of their diseases i was just or symptoms i was just clearing out the nervous system understanding how to work with the body to get it to work better and just things took off like a rocket we ended up taking care of top athletes in the world hall of famers and and like i said just people newborn babies to 100 year old people and the 100 year old guy max Changed my life. Tell me about Max.
0: Tell me. I I did read about Max. I love the story. Please share the story of Max.
1: Okay. So Max, when he came to see me, I had never met a hundred-year-old man before. Max was actually ninety-eight when I met him for the first time, and had no idea what a ninety-eight-year-old man was supposed to be like. But he actually was probably the image that I had in my mind: crippled, broke, and alone. He was just bent over, and his his fingers were all arthritic, his head had pain lines, you know, that were etched in his skull almost. It was, the guy was just really suffering and he was a beautiful soul. From the moment I met him, I could just see his soul trying to come through and it was coming through all that pain. But he asked me a question that a lot of providers get asked. If you're a provider, I know you've been asked this question. If you're looking to come to one of our providers here, you know, you are probably looking for a solution to this question is, can you help me? And I said to Max, I said, you know what, Max, honestly, and I was a baby at the time. Honestly, I was a kid. I was like 31 when this happened. So I didn't really know much about anything except I was getting experience, getting traction, helping a lot of people. And I said to him, you know, Max, honestly, I have no idea. I said, but as long as you're alive and breathing and there's life flowing over your nervous system, let's give it a shot. What do we have to lose? So I started adjusting him and aligning gently, very gently aligning his spine, clearing out the nerves one by one, making sure they're working right. And wouldn't you know it, 30 days goes by and he's walking with a little more pep in his step. His pain lines are going away. He's standing up a little straighter. He went from like four foot six to four foot eight. He was like this tiny, tiny little rock of a guy. And three months goes by. Now he's moving like a racehorse, just really fast. And he's passionate and every visit, He would grab my hand and he would say, with his knuckles, arthritic, and he would grab it and say, thank you, Dr. Plasker, thank you, and just go about his business. And so this went on for a year. And we noticed that Max was always alone. He never had anybody with him. It broke our heart. We didn't think he had any money or he he had like these crinkled up dollar bills that he would always pay with. And he put them on the counter and he insisted on paying. He would not take complimentary free care. He insisted. He was a proud guy. And, uh, and so this crippled, broken, alone guy won our hearts over. We fell in love with him. We'd feed him. We'd give him rides. We tried to adopt him in every way that we could. And he was so grateful. So a year goes by. He's doing amazing. He never misses an appointment. This is the very fast version of this story. If you want the details, go to 100yearlifestyle.com under About Us. The entire story, 12-minute version is there on a the video. So Max... At 99 now, misses an appointment for the first time. My staff were taught, where's Max? Like, we always look forward to seeing this guy. And he said, uh, and she said, I, you know, I called. He didn't answer. And I said, well, let's go to his house. So we went to his house and we just tried to find him. Well, two weeks go by, there was no sign of Max. So what do you think we're thinking? The worst? Go ahead, you can say it. Yeah. The worst
0: that? that Max, the worst that can happen yeah. to a 99 year old man, right?
1: Right. That he passed.
0: That he's passed He's home alone by himself. He's dead. And no one's. found no him. Idea. Right.
1: So we say a little prayer for Max. We say goodbye and we go about our business. Definitely feeling the loss. Well, another year goes by. Max is now over a hundred years old and Guess who comes walking through the front door without an appointment? You'll get it right. I promise. Go ahead. Max. Max came through the door. Brilliant. (laughs)
0: That's amazing.
1: Well, it's amazing. And then what happened next, I have never forgotten. We'll never forget as long as I live. So my assistant screams out like she's seeing a ghost. And I'm in the back adjusting people. And I'm like, Max? Max is here? So I only know one Max. So I like super high speed adjusting, clear yeah. out all the rooms, go up to see Max, and I I go up to him and I give him a big hug, and I ask, I said, Max, where have you been? Yeah, we've missed you so much. And he did not look well. He looked like he was tired, exhausted. He looked like a man who was ready to go. His bones were protruding through his face. Uh, he had tear running down his cheek. Uh, his eyes were hollow and. I said, Max, seriously, where have you been? We've missed you. And he looked up at me and he grabbed my hand the way that he had done so many times before. And he said to me, thank you, Dr. Plasker. Thank you. And died right there in the reception room.
0: No, serious. Did not see that coming.
1: Yeah. And I, I... said to my assistant call 911 call 911 and and she calls 911 and i literally his spirit was gone like sh- gone rigor mortis had already set in i scooped him up i carried his rock hard body to the back laid him down on the table there was no possibility of reviving him the ambulance came took him away never to be heard from again except for the fact that i couldn't get it out of my head That if Max had known that he was gonna live to be 100 when he was 30, 40, 20, 10, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, how would he have lived his life differently so that he didn't get there crippled, broken, alone? And I started to ask lots of people that question and did some research, found out 100 year old people were one of the fastest growing groups percentage-wise still today, still true today, post-COVID, more than ever. Uh, they're not the people that are unfortunately dying suddenly in the world from uh, all of this craziness that's going on. Those people, they're like, they're, they've lived through multiple pandemics, multiple epidemics. And then was expected to... Yeah.
0: What's that? Multiple wars.
1: Yeah, multiple yeah. wars, uh, you know, 23 recessions, the Great Depression, they lived through a lot. Yeah. And people say, "Does this. so does all this apply today? Of course it applies today more than ever. I mean, they lived through all of those things and you're still here. So you are stronger than ever, more resilient than ever, and the likelihood with the right choices, the right leadership, the right lifestyle, the right care, the right decisions, the odds of you getting there in style With health and vitality are better than ever.
0: I completely agree. So, because this is an audio podcast, no one can see the fabulous t shirt that you're wearing, but you've got this wonderful t shirt, I understand, that says 100 and then semiconductor 100% for 100 years. So, tell us about I mean, I think you've the, the story of Max actually helps us understand how you went from treating patients in a chiropractic practice, I think with your brother, if I'm not mistaken, and you land up in this movement. And that's the only way I can describe it called, you know, like the hundred year lifestyle movement, which is, was it, was it so intentional that it, like I woke up on morning or was it a journey over time to understanding that your impact had to be that much bigger than just, and, and not that your impact of, of helping patients and the maxes of the world I'm, I'm, I'm saying that wasn't enough. I mean, that was extraordinary in itself, but obviously your impact in this hundred year lifestyle is just, that much bigger of a reach. What was that transition? Was it intentional? Was it slow? Was it fast? What, what was
1: it? Well, it's a great question. And uh, it it was initially not intentional. It was, you know, I didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I want to be a guru or, you know, like, I didn't want to be any of that. I just loved helping people, loved helping people. And When I opened my second practice in Marietta, Georgia, now to put Marietta, Georgia in perspective, if you've never been there, there are more chiropractors. There are more chiropractors per square inch in Marietta, Georgia than probably anywhere else in the world because of Life University. They're everywhere. Oh, okay. Is that where Life
0: University is? Is that where it is? Oh, okay. It's in Marietta.
1: So, so... Because I was close to the school and I was always going back, I love the university. Life University is a fantastic place. I'll go there and I'll visit regularly and I'll speak to the, volunteer my time, speak to the kids, speak to the, you know, new students and the new graduates and all that. And I just love doing that. And so when I opened my second practice in Marietta, Georgia, we grew from scratch, zero to over 100 visits, patient visits a day in less than nine months. That's a lot. And. And everybody wanted to know what we were doing. Like all the chiropractors, the students, they want to know what we were doing. Today, I have people come up to me, chiropractors, you know, I went and I did community events for you and I did public screenings for you. Really? I don't remember. Don't get mad at me. I don't remember. We just were out in the community and we got fired up to tell this story. And uh, and so we started telling the story. The public was grasping it and it. we realized very quickly that when people started to visit they say wow you're doing this and you're saying this nobody ever said it like that before nobody ever did it like that before do you is there any way that i can is there something i could buy is there something i could get and i said sure and so we made a couple of videos and people bought it all over the country all over the world chiropractors did other holistic practitioners did public audiences bought it we started teaching one of my mentors dr joe felicia god rest his soul He talked about the Hunsas way back in the 80s, this Pakistani population that lived to be 120, 130, 140, that they're now pretty much extinct, I believe. Maybe they're not. Uh, You don't hear about them anymore uh, because they started getting studied by modern medicine, I think, Yeah. Yeah. and so now they're like, uh, they're, they're extinct. Maybe, not sure, but you get the idea. And we started teaching it. And what the other thing that we found is, is that we would... We would have patients all the time. They would come in hurting, bent over, crooked, walking, funny, uh, having conditions, systemic conditions that were neurologically based in some way, shape or form. So we would take care of them. We'd adjust them, work with their nervous system, clear them out, and they would feel better. And so we got in the habit of saying, you know what, you're younger today than you were 30 days ago when I met you. And then we'd have lifetime patients, people that were coming year after year consistently. We call it lifestyle care in the hundred year lifestyle model. And we say, you know what, since you've been coming for three years, five years, seven years for lifestyle care, you're younger now, seven years later than you were when I met you seven years ago. And now 37 years in practice, we have people that were coming from day one and they are just as young today, 30 years later than they were before. And we have a research study that's coming out on this, hopefully within the next three months, it'll be published. And so, it was very important to us to get people to understand that. And then what we realized, because I'm not I'm not a marketer or a branding expert, I've become a branding expert, I believe. On
0: that way, you have, yeah. certainly have, so, yes. I
1: wasn't I wasn't planning on it and the reason why I think that evolution happened was I found that to explain everything to everybody would take 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And then I would be like I was like oh. exhausted. I, and I have to do that again a and again yeah. and again. <laughs> and again. Yeah. So I realized I started packaging it up. I started writing. And then I realized that if you brand it, people identify with it immediately. And so we branded it and people started demanding it. And we branded it. We had a, a, a brand that was the original brand was LCFE. It was four initials, four letters, lifetime care for everyone, LCFE. Okay. And it was a funky looking letter logo. And we people would call us, what the heck is a lickfee?
0: A lickfee, like, yeah. lickfee. Lickfee was like yeah.
1: sounding out LCFE, yeah. like it was a word. <laughs> and I would be like, okay, this is not a good brand.
0: Not not working, no.
1: And so so when I was actually trying to get the book sold to publishers, so they would distribute it around the world, which we were fortunate we'd be able to we were able to get that to happen. Um, I went back and the original title was The Seven Laws of Lifetime Wellness. They didn't like that title because they said the seven laws were overdone and they didn't like wellness because it, they said, you know what, we got a lot of wellness books and they're done I by agree. medical people and medicine people. And you know what, medicine is going to own this wellness word. And right now it's just a mishmash of ridiculousness. So we, we just played around with the title and they said, but we like you. We like the hook of the book. We like your audience. We like, if you knew you'd live to be 100, how would you change your life today? That's fantastic. Nobody's talking about that. uh, And nobody has talked about that. So work on it and come back to us. So I went back, worked on it, came back. And it's funny. I say to chiropractors all the time, I say, you're going to love the second title. But they hated it. And it was, you ready? It was the chiropractic lifestyle. I hate it. Yeah. And, it's and terrible. that would be like saying, this is the functional medicine lifestyle. No, no, It's
0: terrible. It's, it's terrible. terrible. Right. Eric, it was sorry. terrible. Yeah.
1: So I knew what the title was going to be. I went back, just reoriented a few things and called it the 100 year lifestyle, put a bright orange circle around it. And we went from no offers to the rest is history. And so we have just taken off like a rocket with it. And our goal now is we want, we are united around the 100-Year Lifestyle brand. We are licensing our branding to holistic practitioners, to chiropractors who want us to refer patients to them for a long-term vision. And we took our books, which were international best-selling, and we created a living, breathing 100-YearLifestyle.com. We just redid it for the world in this way, just about, just got published formally, like probably six months ago. It is growing like crazy. And we are looking for people like you, if you're listening and you're a provider, if you want to get your story, if you're a good practitioner, you have no board complaints or anything like that, we want to get people to you because we want to keep them out of hospitals and out of the allopathic world, quite honestly, for as long as possible in their life and teach them how to live differently. And I know chiropractors, let me tell you something. In my opinion, we should be the first choice, along with the people that you work with, Yael, in your world, we need to be the first choice, not the third choice, not the fifth choice. We had a 20-year-old girl come in yesterday as a new patient in our practice, and this poor girl has been butchered. She's been butchered. And she gets one adjustment yesterday and she started to uncontrollably giggle at like something somebody flipped a switch in her body
0: well it is it is exactly that
1: it is what is is happening it is and so and and she she came in again today and she's really fired up she's going to be great but you know what in this story the truth be told leading up to this she was butchered she's going to live the concept with the consequences of that initial decision for the rest of her life All right. So it's my time.
0: It's my turn to talk. So I want to tell you my chiropractic story. Yes. So I have been, I am a fan and I'm a devotee of chiropractic and I wasn't always, um, I tried a lot of other stuff. I tried a lot of physical therapy as you do, and I do a lot of sport and I suffer from a lot of uh, low back pain and, um, also chiropractic has involved. So, so the chiropractic of my 20 25 years ago is not the same chiropractic I'm experiencing now the the profession has fundamentally evolved and improved I, I think probably more than any profession really there has been an incredible evolution but i've i've always been a fan and um, i have never been able to live without it that is the reality so i'm i'm a devotee i go once a month i go for an adjustment and and i there's nothing that works faster in my opinion, than chiropractic. Nothing. I have tried everything anyway. But my story is that many years ago, I'm trying to remember how, but probably 10 years ago, I had a surfing accident. Really, really bad surfing accident. And I I herniated discs in my neck. And I, I could not move. I couldn't hold my neck up. I it was really bad. So of course you got a neurologist, you got in the neurosurgeon. And of course, what did they tell you?
1: That you need surgery, right? Surgeons, surgeons, surge,
0: Surgeon surge, and I had two, sur- <laughs> two neurologists and a neurosurgeon telling me, "We need to fuse the discs. If we don't, you, you know, the next time you swim in the ocean, you're going to herniate the next disc, and you, you're going to be in a wheelchair and everything." But I had an extraordinary chiropractor, and I realised that also it helps, of course, that I'm from the industry and I'm in the field, and I know that practitioners are not gods, and that we need to question things. So it was much easier for me to to not see these surgeons especially surgeons on a pedestal and I had this extraordinary chiropractor who in 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 Belito in South Africa who in my opinion is one of the greatest healers um and and again for me practitioners are more about the their who they are as healers than the undergraduate. he was both he was a great chiro- brilliant chiropractor an extraordinary healer And I was lucky enough to him and I went to him in tears, you know, I was in extraordinary pain, but I was also fearful. So my thing is swimming, yours is football. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to swim. I'm never going to be able to run. I'm never going to play tennis and I don't know what to do. And I, and I realized I had to trust someone and then, and then put my trust in them and let them give me advice because I was getting advice from like 10 different practitioners. And the ones that were shouting the loudest, obviously, were the surgeons and and the neurosurgeons. Anyway, I decided to go with the chiropractor, not the surgeons, in terms of advice. And I said to him, and he said to me, I will get you through this. I will keep you safe. I will get you back in the ocean. I will get you strong again. It's going to take us some time, and you're not going to have surgery. And he, you know, and I laughed because I remember when he got me back in the swimming pool, I was allowed to swim like 10 meters and I was like, this is terrible, you know, tears and everything. Anyway, I mean, I have never had back pain in my life again. I swim a huge amount. I, I am younger now than I was 20, 30 years ago. And so yes, I am, are. Yeah, you don't have to tell me, like the best decision of my life was trusting him to get me through the journey and not going for the short one. And so you know, I I I'm just smiled at your story because I I when I moved to America, the first thing I did the, before the dentist, before the primary care <laughs> physician, before anyone is I found myself a chiropractor. And in fact, I had one negative experience, which where yeah, because I would experienced chiropractic, I was like, no, nope, no, nope, you're not the right person. And then I found on. outstanding, outstanding practice. And I could hear by their conversations and the languaging and the staff and the the training that I'd found a chiropractic home. But yeah, I just wanted to add that in just to reiterate, you know, I don't think it's, as I say, before the dentist, get yourself a chiropractor. It's, you cannot live without it.
1: Yeah, I think it's great. And, you know, you said something that I think is so important, you know, to, to find the person that's right for you and to find people you can trust and you know I went through that process when I was my father and let's talk about can we talk about genetics for a minute because I think it's an please important I should okay. I,
0: I really need to talk about <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
1: yeah. so my father one of the things that changed my life as time went on my father had a heart attack when I went to school my first year at the University of Delaware while I was gone my father had a heart attack he was 49 and I was away, and I heard about it. I came home, and I was freaking out. My father—I love my father dearly. Um, fortunately, it was a mild heart attack; it wasn't a severe heart attack. But he—I'll never forget this. He, when he—the story goes that he went to the doctor because he wasn't feeling well. The doctor told him he had had a heart attack. Said, "I'm driving you to the hospital myself." And <clears throat> on the way to the hospital, my father went to light up a cigarette. And he, The fortunately, the, the doctor pulled over, started yelling at my father, you out of your mind, you just had a heart attack, you have to stop smoking. And so my father was scared to death, scared to die, changed his life. He stopped smoking. He was 30, 40 pounds overweight. He was high stress job, high stress guy. And so what has what drove me crazy about all of this is that they put him on statin drugs and my father to put to to make a long story short for him and I'm going to bring it back to the genetics piece is that my father this was he was 49 in his mid 60s you could start to see the statin glaze in his eye where he was losing the ability to focus by 68 he was in a nursing home he spent 10 years in a home And he died at the age of 78, after not knowing his family for 10 years with a healthy heart and no brain. And for so long, it made me mad. And what, what really got to me was they would tell me, you, heart disease runs in your family. And you need to be on statin drugs now. You know, your dad had a heart attack at 49 and i and i was like no my father i do not believe that i have heart disease that runs in my family smoking ran in my family being overweight ran in my family having a lot of stress ran in my family and there is no way that you could convince me or anybody else that it is heart disease that ran in my family it is the choices that my father made and so there oh, were so that. many people th- there are so many people that are listening to this It runs in your family's story. They've never had a 3X4 genetic test. They don't know what runs in their family. They don't know what their genetic makeup is. And they're making what can be devastating choices for their health with long-term pharmaceutical usage that can be devastating and ultimately be the demise of your quality of life first and then your quantity of life also. So I think it's so important that people understand that.
0: And so we always say, know what you don't know, you know, know, and, and that's what genetics gives you, you know, and know what you don't know. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's such a, it's, your story resonates so much. My, my mother has type two diabetes. Um, She's a great patient. She's an absolute star. She really eats well, exercises. She's, she's doing a great job. Goes to the GP, uh, the MD, the MD says, you know, your, your lipid levels are a little bit high um and sends sends her home with a statin um uh statin script she calls me she lives in South Africa she calls me and she goes I got statins I'm like no you don't <laughs> like so I write to the gym I was like what the hell and she goes well you know the diabetic association says that anyone who has glucose level who's a type 2 diabetic who has raised cholesterol has got to go into a statin I was like do not <laughs> I was like furious and I was like what are the biomarkers did you test on? Have you asked about her genetics? What is her inflammatory markers looking like? You know, what is what is her lipoprotein? A? I mean, they made the decision based on total cholesterol and LDL cholesterol. And they made the decision without knowing anything about her genetics, about family. I was absolutely furious. And they fought me forever. And I said to them, leave her alone. Give me three months. And we'll, we'll rerun the test in three months. But there's no way she's going on a statin. And and it was really tough, you know, and my mom being my mom, I was like, but they're the doctor, you're just, a, you know, you're not a real doctor, you know, okay. Um, but anyway, we got onto some amazing supplements, some really good nutrition, um, made some small lifestyle changes, three months later went back, had the test, of course, her lipid levels were absolutely perfect, no need for statin. But, but again, if, if, if I I wasn't the child of this. Mu- she would be on a statin. And she would, and she's got macular degeneration. It would have been like the worst thing ever, you know. And so, so yes, yes to your story. It's it's about those decisions that we make and and not the, you know, know your genes, know what you don't know, um, and and check your lifestyle. As you said, you know, it was your father's choices more than his genetics that were making that okay. I, I want to make sure we don't run out of time. I want you to. So I this is a personal question from me. So your brand is 100-100. And I totally understand um, the hundred years. and I'll, I'll be honest. I'm one of those people who says, "Do I really want to live to 100?" I, okay. I always say like I want to be I want to be swimming in the ocean until the end, and if if I if I have die in the ocean, just pluck me out, and that's all good. I don't really mind if it's 80s or 90s. Really have a burning desire to get to 100. It feels like a lot of hard work. It feels a bit lonely. So I have two questions for you. Why? Why is it so important to live to 100? That's my first question. Um, and the other one is, what do you mean by 100 percent? What does that actually mean?
1: I love that. Great questions. So there is, if you go to 100 deallifestylecom there's a category called 100 Year Lifestyle Essentials, and there are some great articles some of them have videos in it that answer those questions exactly like for example i don't want to live to be 100 so then the other if you say well i don't want to live to be 100 which we get asked all the time i don't want to live to be 100 okay so what's your number is it okay eighty-seven? is it 63 is it 71 is it 74 is it 83 is it 82 is it 89 is it 97 is 100 what, what's your number okay and the answer always is at that point is well you know what if my life is good and I'm feeling good and I'm happy and I have relationships and I have money and I have I'll carry- those things, I well, I'm, I'll not just carry on. I don't want to go anywhere. Right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so it's not about the number. It's okay. about, it's about, it's a great benchmark number when the reality of it is none of these people that are a hundred years old today, none of them thought about living to 100. No, none of them. No. They were the hundred year old people of today. When they were born a hundred years ago, their scientifically predicted life expectancy was 46 or 50 years. This is a generation, this this is a mind boggling statistic. This is a generation that has outlived their scientifically genetically predicted life expectancy by five decades. By five decades, I'm not sure the genetics.
0: They knew what they were doing that long ago. So let's.
1: Well, keep they didn't. But, <laughs> but so that's what but, we say. People, but from the science, people...
0: we knew. We knew the life expectancy of the. That was the life expectancy at that time.
1: Was, right. was they they were, 40s, my point yeah. being is, my point being is, is these people were hardwired genetically to yeah. get to 100 or 120. They Absolutely. were hardwired that way from the moment of conception. Yeah. But the science of genetics, the science was, saying, oh, well, heart disease, you have this, you have that, it runs in your family. You're going to live to 46 to 52. If you're lucky, you lift it. And none of that was true. None of that was true. So what we're seeing today with assisted living centers on every corner in every community, these poor souls who are blindsided by their extended life. They are there in those homes, not because of their age. They are there because they are accidental centenarians. They were blindsided by their extended life. And what I'm about to say, I don't take these words lightly. And this is why what you're doing, what we're doing, the collaboration of all of this messaging is so important because we are the first generation in history that is getting the advance notice that whether we like it or not want to or not, it is the United States of America. As of today, we can still have an opinion about it and you can still have an opinion about it, but it doesn't change the reality that whether you like it or not want to or not, the odds of you living that long or longer are increasing every single day. So why not get there in style with health and vitality and you know, hundred, 100, why is that important? It's, too many people, they live in such a way that they just, they're killing themselves slowly with their choices. they kind of
0: waiting to die. They're working on dying. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, maybe they're at 70%. And maybe they're at 70. Oh, well, I'll die. Some of these people are living 70 and 60% for a hundred years and they're rotting away. Some of them are dying younger. You don't really know when you're going to go. No. So if you're, so, we tell people all the time, there's only one, if you're suffering today, There's only one thing worse than suffering and that's suffering for a hundred years. And most of the people, seriously, if you, and if you know, the hundred year lifestyle is really all about change. And so what are you gonna change? And we ask people all the time, you know, do you know that you need to change something? Yes, how long have you known? A day, a week, a month, no, a decade. Okay, well, it's not going away until you change it. And if it's causing you suffering, you're gonna just have perpetual suffering. So there's so much here. And then, you know, what's very interesting about my 3x4 test, by the way, which I thought was really cool. So I hate to run. Confession. Really? I do not like to run. Okay. My body is not made to run. I was an okay. offensive guard. You're a power guard. athlete,
0: are you? You're, you're yes, all about power. Was, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm a power athlete. So I would be, a, I was an offensive guard and I would, you know, 10 yards, nobody better in 10 yards, but 11 yards, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't realize that that is a part of my makeup. I was, you know, my coach would be like, why can't you run? Why can't you run? And I'm, I'm trying, coach, I'm trying. And so I learned that that was an important part of how I was built. And fortunately, I intuitively over time, way too long it took. But that was a great insight that I got along with some nutritional things from my testing about how my body processes fats and sugars. That is Inherently within, so uh, I just I love what you're doing, and I appreciate the conversation. We could probably go on for a hundred years. We probably can, and we should. We should think about
0: uh, yeah. And this is a great conversation, and on a personal and professional level, you know, you're making me think. You're making me think for myself, you know. And I'm in this world with you, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, am I am I living my best life, you know? And uh, what what does my best life look like? Because it isn't necessarily about having a green smoothie every single time I walk into the kitchen. It's like, it's, it's not as kind of simplistic as that. It's like, what is my best life? And am I living it? And I think that's my takeaway from you. And that's maybe what I'm going to walk, spend the weekend thinking about is if I'm going to do this for the next, um, you know, and there's a very good chance I'll live for a very long time because I do a lot of good stuff and I like living and I'm very passionate about my work and know my genetics and understand them. Like, What is my best life? And I I think I'm starting to understand that. I'll be honest. I'm starting to get a sense of what's important. And it's not what I thought was important 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I have to say there's a real evolution of what I understand my best life to be. But, okay, we could talk about this forever. I want to kind of finish off with, right, you have – I mean, I I love your story. I I love your story even more now than the last time we spoke. Like I think this is the first time it's like really – connected with me. So thank you for that. So this is where I want to finish off. Like there's a whole lot of people out there, whether you're 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 an individual, a consumer, and you're out in the world, whether you're a practitioner who's starting out, you know, you're either starting out in your profession, be it chiropractic or nutrition or medicine, osteopathy, they're all great. Um, or you're a new practitioner, you know, what is the advice? What are those words of wisdom where you're sitting at your hundred percent into your years, looking back, what is the advice that you would have wanted someone to give you about, about how to create a journey for yourself that will be able to have the impact, the vision, the dream that, that you're experiencing now?
1: Great question. Well, The first thing I would say is, is, is trust your roots and your instincts and don't sell out. Don't sell out on your patients. Don't sell out on your principles. Be strong in your roots and be strong in your principles. It is upstream, it is against the mainstream, and that is exactly what every person needs almost always, and that is what your community needs from you, is that truth. And I think a lot of times for young practitioners or people that have been in it for a while, the world can beat you down, and you lose those principles. You don't lose them, but it beats you down. So Um, fall fall back in love with your principles and your roots, and do not sell out. The people need you more than ever. That's so important. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, and I think this is a, a, a great thing that what we've done, you know, our model is we're not a franchise. We co-brand with people. We license our brand. So if you have a business, a holistic business that is good for the world and you're on an island, but you resonate with what we're talking about with the 100-year lifestyle, we can license you as a 100-year lifestyle practitioner and refer people to you. And uh, if you have content, you we have content uh providing opportunities we have websites that we can build for you that so that your whatever the name of the clinic you own is your own personal clinic jones mary clinic whatever it is if we are aligned in principle we can make you a part of the 100 year lifestyle network it's called a co-brand just like you see on all the major sporting events we all do it (laughs) exactly yeah so so you you get the cool t shirt as long as you yeah, get the cool t we do. We send it to you. Absolutely. And, you know, we 3X4 is a great fit for that. You know, but I guess the point is, is that we have so many people, thousands and thousands of us with our own little version of the story. If we all gave our elevator speech at the same time, it would sound blah, 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 blah. Because we're just telling the same story just in so many different ways. But if we had a common voice with the same message, while well, we can also maintain our unique businesses... It's a great model if you want to have your own. Uh, Join the own movement. Practice.
0: Yeah, we're so, we're stronger so. together. I think is the, you know no we're stronger together.
1: Absolutely love that. Okay,
0: I'm going to finish off with one thing. If I ever write a book about my life, I don't know you know maybe a little very very short book. But uh, uh, if I, I'm going to I I came up with the title from our conversation. So I wrote it down in my book. It's called Swimming Upstream. Love it. There you go. I'm a swimmer. My life is all about water and swimming. And my work is all about swimming upstream and you said it. So I just want to say thank you that if I do ever write a book, I have my title and it's a whole lot better than your chiropractic, whatever that was, chiropractic lifestyle. Terrible (laughs) Terrible name, Eric, terrible. Aren't you glad we
1: didn't go with that? Thank (laughs) God for truth and not selling out, right?
0: You had the book and a terrible name. I've got a great name. I just need a book.
1: There you go. Well, I'll Dr. Help you. Eric
0: Plaska, thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight. I have personally really benefited from hearing directly from you and, and so thoughtful for me. I have no doubt everyone will have the same experience. They know where to find you. It's a hundred year lifestyle. It's a hundred hundred. They can't miss you. You, you. you know, it's all out there. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to to share your thoughts with us.
1: Uh, You're an angel, and I appreciate all the work that you're doing for so many people. It's, It's an honor to be here.